Hey guys, welcome to the Begging Boardcast, episode number 829. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. And we're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being The Week in Geek, bringing you the top geek stories the past week. Next is the list. The comic books that we are looking forward to coming out January 25th, 2017. And we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week we are taking a look back at some of the comic books that came out in December 2016. Including Hulk number one, Hawkeye number one, Motor Crush number one, and the Love is Love special from IDW and DC. Hmm. Uh, let me tell you, Love and lo- Love is Love was an emotional ride. And uh, if I was drinking anything while reading it, I would have just been a sad, sad sack of a boy. I would have just been crying the whole time. So I'm glad I, I waited so I can enjoy this beer, John. This beer that we're drinking right now, this Ballast Point Nitro Red Velvet, which is a golden oatmeal stout with beets, chocolate, and natural flavors added. Uh, so this is the first time Ballast Point has put out a nitrous beer. This is the aggressive pour beers where you turn the bottle completely upside down. Uh, and this beer comes out like a see-through red. Like, it is yeah. red. Pink, foamy, milky head. Uh, and, you know, it says keep cold and drink cold. Um, and, and you, you need to. And you do. It, it. You need to drink it while it's cold. But it tastes good. It's not overly sweet mm-hmm. either. And I was worried it was going to be too sweet. It, it had a nice mouthfeel. You know, it wasn't syrupy sweet. That nitro really helps, like, give it that, like, full, almost like a milk stout, like, mouthfeel without it being a milk stout, even though, because it's beet yeah. sugars that's added, not lack, not like a milk like not like what is it lactose? So, yeah, like yeah, like the lactose. Sugar. Yeah, yeah, from a milk stout. But man, it had a nice subtle sweetness, not overly sweet. And yeah, I would pick it up again. Uh, but yeah. it's Ballast Point, so it would cost me too much money. So it probably wouldn't. I think, you think? It, it's ten to fourteen dollars. <laughs> yeah, which is Ballast, Ballast Point. Point. Is it a four pack? Uh, I believe it's a six pack. Mm. Okay, so See, it's not, not that's, that's not too bad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it. It is good. Like, and we, I mean, we split. We were uh, slipping. We were sipping it because we were drinking it pre-show. Yeah, we started drinking it pre-show, and then we um, just took us longer to get everything moving. So we finished it. It's my fault. I didn't have a chance to read the books <laughs> until today. That's uh, all right. And uh, when by the time we finished, we're like, oh, it didn't really taste like anything yeah. anymore. And it, it's five point five. So yeah, once it warmed up, it's not. It's not a stout that gets better as it warms up. It's a beer that definitely needs to be kept cold. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I winked at you when I did that. I oh, I thought you were thinking. And no, you just I, I literally was like, blinked. wink. Oh, I didn't realize. Uh, I thought it was because yeah. you, you caught me thinking about writing to my favorite Disney princess, Rapunzel. Uh, uh, but I thought you could read my mind. <laughs> this should be hitting markets uh, soon. If, you, if it's not... I'll keep an eye out for it. Just, like you said, just drink it cold. Drink it called uh, aggressive pour, and um, it's yeah, it's nice. I could probably drinking it cold and drinking it. I would probably drink it a little quicker than um, you would need to, but it goes down really, really smooth. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's like a see-through red. It's uh, I, yeah, you'd expect it to be like a stout, like real cloudy, but it's very clear. Uh, and Chris, what are you having, bud? Um, since we're talking about things that got a little bit of sweet on them, 
I am drinking a beer that actually you guys brought to me when you came down to visit. Wow, like a week and a half, two weeks ago now. Yeah, time goes by. Um, and this is Resurgence Brewing Company from Buffalo, New York. Their Imperial uh, Sponge Candy Stout, and this is a bourbon barrel aged version of one of their signature beers, their Sponge Candy Stout. Um, I know we've talked about the Sponge Candy Stout before on the show here. Sponge Candy is something of a regional delicacy in uh, western New York, and they actually wind up using real Watson sponge candy when they brew this beer. Uh, so I was excited to see when they were uh, barrel-aging this, and it, it's a very nice, wonderful, drinkable beer. I like this a lot. It's got the nice bourbon on it, then it kind of like fades out into like a nice chocolate malt. I really dig this one. It's been so long since I've had just like the base version of the um, sponge candy stuff, though, that I, it's hard to compare it to that for me right now. Yeah. Uh, also, like the one that's in that's normally in the brewery is not the imperial version of it. Yeah. The imperial is usually what they bottle and put out around Christmas, um, and this time around um, they were able to. Uh, bottle imperial um at a bigger a bigger scale than they've done in previous points and this is the first time that you could actually buy the barrel age version in stores previous you'd have to very limited release um at the brewery uh the other thing is i believe that is the 2015 that's been barrel aged Uh, it says on the side of the bottle limited release for 2016 yes it came out in 2016, but I believe that is the 15 age for a year in bourbon barrels. Oh, so they had to do this right when they yes, were like getting their feet under them then. Yep. Good for them, though. You know, having that kind of... And also, not that big of a price point on this, either. It, was, it wasn't that all this, that expensive uh, for... It was uh, 10.99. Yeah, but it's an okay. barrel age bomber and yeah. you know it was something and it's a brand new brewery you know basically and they're i think four years old oh really this wow. is extremely drinkable and old. actually when i finished my first class because i'm drinking the whole bomber by myself i started thinking about the anderson valley uh what was is it just their bourbon barrel yeah their wild turkey mm-hmm. uh, which is also out. extremely drinkable this isn't at that level but I think this is like a nice kind of stand-in. Like, it's not going to be that same level. Like, I haven't checked into it yet on Untapped, but this is just something like you could sit there and you could just go for it. And I feel like you don't have to worry. I haven't looked at the ABV on it yet. Okay, ten percent. So ten yeah, percent is not bad. Yeah, that's not bad. Paul I mean, and compared I... to what you normally drink, that might be like three of your regular beers. But I actually, I'm really enjoying this. Wow. Uh, so someone and, and it kind of it kind of got me just to the point where it's like, oh yeah, after I finish this one, I'll probably have another. Uh, I don't mean beer, just like another bottle. I went to check into Red Velvet, and somebody I know had checked into it, and they gave it a quarter of a star. Ooh. Wait a second. The can, Red Velvet or the Nitro? If it's someone the, that we know, oh. the Red Velvet. Uh, no. Okay. But well, uh, why? Why only a quarter? What kind of beer drink that person usually drink though? They're an, they're all around beer fan. There's somebody you could talk about any beer to, and they'd okay. they'd know it. They're also a pretty big Ballast Point fan. So uh, yeah, I think he drank it warm. Yeah, it sounds like it 
it just could be a situation where they didn't drink it properly. Yeah. Hey. But yeah. Um, well, hey, it sounds like we started off okay. Just make sure you drink your beer cold. Uh, okay. But, man, you know it's not cold. That hot news that we got today. Ooh, yeah, that hot Star Wars news. Chris, yeah, uh, I learned about it following you on Facebook. Well, we're friends. That's the thing that happens. Yeah. Um, no, I was I was at work today, and I was waiting for my computer to actually go ahead and do something in my office. So I was like, yeah, whatever, I'm just going to pull up Facebook. And I saw literally, like, within, like, the, that, like, half hour that the Star Wars Facebook page had shared the fact that the, we now have the title for episode number eight, and it is Star Wars The Last Jedi. Uh, yeah, this is something um, that I I saw also on, like, a Star Wars website. And um, I uh, I started a new job, so I don't know a lot of people at my work. <laughs> but I was walking into the back room, and two guys were talking about Star Wars. And then when they walked by me again uh, later, I was like, you guys like Star Wars? And they're like, yeah. It's like, couldn't help it over here. Did you see the new titles up? And they're like, no. I'm like, yeah. Episode 8, Last Jedi. The one guy's like, oh, think about it. And I was like, yeah, think about it. All right. <laughs> so something also worth noting, I don't know if it's because it has the like title Jedi in it, but this one also has the red uh, Star Wars logo, much like Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi had. Mm. So maybe because it's referring to Sith or Jedi, it's like the title's actually in red, or mm. I don't know what this is referenced to, but I did notice that. I was like, oh, wow, this is a, it's a different color. It's not like that typical Star Wars yellow or white. I didn't realize that, that the, yeah. those other ones were in red. Yeah, it's all red. Oh. Maybe that was just because of me being with my oh, eyes. Oh, right? colorblind. Hey, or, but I never heard anybody mention it either, so I never knew that was a thing. There's also a white Star Wars logo. That's just kind of like the base. I thought the base was just the yellow. I thought it was always well, in, in the actual movies. Okay, it's yellow, but unlike everything else, you'll see it's in like 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 promo stuff. But yeah, okay. uh, part of me is like, oh man, this is either setting up or delivering something, or it could just be a way for them to deliver shtick where it's going to basically be Luke walking around his like Jedi Temple Island, and be like, oh man, let me tell you about the last Jedi, and then he just starts making jokes about Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. The last one that was here. Well, he. Would, I thought that would have gotten a bigger like laugh out of Paul. I let myself down. Yeah. Uh, so that's Luke doing shtick, right? Yeah, and Luke is definitely the last Jedi because he, well, his, his Padawan's got killed, right? He's in hiding. Yeah. Yeah. So, very interesting. I'm excited. They, they all got killed until we find out that there were more that didn't. Mm-hmm. Like another twenty years from now. Yeah, because there's when all... we have like the expanded universe back again. Well, you know, Rogue One, the first script, Jane's, uh, or, yeah, Jane, Jin, Jane's um, mom was originally going to be a Jedi in hiding. And that was why they are at least force, you know, overtly force sensitive or something. Like she had ties to the Jedi Order more so than just the, you know, little crystal. I'm glad they kind of cut that out. And then in Rebels, you know, there's the Jedis running around and. But they could be dead. They could be dead now. They could be dead now. 
that they were in they were most likely especially in Rogue One. The, yes, yes, they were uh, they were around Rogue One, but also this is what from the start of those from the start of M- or of New Hope mm-hmm. to uh, um, Force Return. Awakens is oh. what like well, it's nineteen years between uh, the the oh my goodness, Return of the Jedi to. Or is it 30 or is it 19 in between? I thought it was two? like 20 something. 30? Something like that. I'll look up the timeline. You guys keep talking. All right. No, but, I was actually trying to figure out when they announced the um, episode title for The Force Awakens and then when we got the first trailer after that. Because now I'm kind of curious when we're going to start to see stuff. Because, okay, it's January. Episode 8 comes out in December. And it looks like we had the first... I'm sorry. I'm, I'm trying to read and talk at the same time. I can't do it. Uh, it looks like The Force Awakens was revealed in November of 2014. So it was like a year later when the movie actually came out. So let me see Force Awakens' first trailer. I want to see when that showed up. This is me talking and filling space. Da, 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 da. It looks like it's... Uh more than 30 years uh, between, almost 30 years between Return of the Jedi and uh, Force Awakens. And then Episode 8 happens immediately after. Yeah. So we finally get to see if, you know, Luke asks if there was a hand that came with a lightsaber or not. Ooh. That's a joke that's been on the internet. That's not Yeah, mine. I know. That's why it was almost funny. Almost funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it looks like the first teaser trailer for Force Awakens came out at the end of November 2014. So yeah, still like a year out from when the movie were, was released, but I don't know, I'm just hoping that maybe you know within the next month that means we can maybe get a teaser. Yeah, Because they've wrapped filming on it, right? I think so, yeah. Just about. Probably in post-production right now. Yeah, but, they're doing so, all the computer effects. You can here's, get, here's hoping. Here's hoping. And also, Not that I need anything else to like stroke that uh, Star Wars boner right now, but man. And here's hoping that you didn't pick up a bottle from Sierra Nevada. Uh, Sierra Nevada released a major recall uh, for 36 states in the United States uh, due to um, their North Carolina brewery um, having something with glass that could be in their beer. And this spans their Pale Ale, their uh, Beer Camp, Golden IPA, Torpedo, Nooner, uh, any beers that were wow. brewed from that brewery in uh, 12.5 to, uh, 2016 to 1.13. 2017. Yeah, it would have um, an M printed on the side of the bottle with like the like the bottling date. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, oh, that's a good way to tell. So we're looking for an M and the bottle yeah. date between if, December 5th until January 13th. Yes. Yeah. If your if your bottle has a C on it, like that one's okay. That's from like another of their brew houses. Like I can't remember if it was like. California or where, but... Yeah, they have three of them, I believe. But if you want it to match the taste, I need to ground up some 
glass and put it in that bottle then if it has a seat. That's <laughs> right. What, but yeah, just just looking, it's that's what we want to do. It's their pale ale, which I don't drink. The beer camp, which I actually haven't bought anything in a while. Um, sidecar orange pale ale Ooh. is a pale ale I would buy. Torpedo I would not buy because I like having taste buds. Tro- uh, Tropical, Tropical torpedo. torpedo, I would be intrigued to try it, but probably wouldn't actually buy it. Nooner, Hop Hunter, and then the Ultra Vase. Uh, and we had, uh, when I first saw this mm-hmm. and they were calling it, and I was like, oh, Sidecar, maybe that's why that beer tasted like garbage. No, the beer just tastes like garbage. Oh, and okay. we could have had yeah, glass. Yeah, I was going to say, it, the beer probably just tastes like garbage. You would just notice, like, the iron from your mouth being cut to pieces mm. on it. Um, oh, I, I would think it tastes like Captain Crunch, then. Mm. Cut the roof of your mouth. Mm-hmm. Uh... <laughs> Any, uh, we, I know we talked about some other news. Well, there yeah, was I don't a know how trailer. to segue into the the DC announcement. Oh well, talking about uh, leaving you with cuts or needing hey. to get making talking about cuts, I might be needing to be making some cuts for my comic book pool because of the raising of price over at DC. Yeah, um, DC is going to be it. raising the price of some of their monthly books to three ninety nine. Um, but they will also be including a digital copy now, much like Marvel was doing. And then, as Paul told before the show, or John just said, yeah, was "Oh no, oh, was it John?" Yeah, John knows stuff. I don't know. I think I thought, I thought it was a Paul fact. Um, yeah, Marvel will no longer be printing the digital codes in the back of their three ninety nine comics. Um, this isn't affecting every DC book. So, if it's actually a book that's being printed twice a month, so stuff like. The Superman books, Batman, Wonder Woman, Harley, um, Deathstroke, those will stay at the two ninety nine price point. The books that are actually going to be affected by this are All-Star Batman, Batgirl, Batgirl and the Birds of Prey, Batman Beyond, Batwoman, Blue Beetle, Cyborg, Hellblazer, New Superman, Red Hood and the Outlaws, Super Sons, Supergirl, Superwoman, Teen Titans, Titans and Trinity. So Chris is Mr. Lists. Today. Yeah, I, I, I got a list there. That's a, a lot of the this flagship is, titles, is, though. You know, with it, well, it's it's like the offshoot flagship stuff, though, because it's <laughs> not Wonder Woman, Batman, or Superman. It's like Super Sons and Supergirl. Like it's the stuff that's kind of on the like ancillary. Yeah, but those flagships are being printed twice a month. <laughs> so so they're all, I'm wondering so, if maybe DC's hoping that. By having those digital codes, it's going to like encourage people to like buy the book and then pass off that code to somebody else to say like, "Hey, you should read Batgirl and the Birds of Prey. It's a lot of fun." And then that person will get hooked on that book, and then, and then continue then, to buy it digitally, paying full price for it and not getting a copy, a, a solid copy of it or a digital mm-hmm. copy, because that's our big. Yeah, yeah. The thing about it is we buy digitally, but we're paying the price for digital, and and the hard copy price. Um, but which, you know, it, it is the bonus for actually going to a store and buying it. There, but the other thing it is, pays your gas money is is it's still going to be cheaper than most uh, Marvel books mm-hmm. that are all kind of sure. moving up to that four ninety nine and three ninety nine is a price that we are all willing to pay and have paid in the past. So if it's yeah, a it, book that you like. Of those books, like I read Backer on the Birds of Prey and Titans. So I'm not being super affected by this. But there's other books on there that, yeah, I do have some sort of interest in. Mm-hmm. But 
since I do buy digitally, I mean, I, I'm fine with waiting on those other books until they go on sale or come out in trade that goes on sale. I think this year it's definitely my tipping point. I think I'm going to, you know, I already only really read comic books for the show now. <laughs> but, you know, I was looking through uh, the my my stack or my digital stack. And I'm like, oh, I should really go back and read these. I really should. So I think I'm uh, I'm going to become a trader. I'm going to be a I'm going to be a trade watcher. I'm going to start just buying trades and reading those. I think because now, it, when when you say buying trades and reading those, do you mean buying them digital or well, yeah, actually digital. buying yeah, physical? I'm not going to go someplace. I'm an I'm an agoraphobe. I don't want to leave the house. But side question now: Are there certain books that you will buy as like that physical trade just to have it still? Probably not. You know your Sandman's or your Fables. The only ones I would want in a really nice omnibus that have been recent is the Wonder Woman's. Okay. Yeah. The, you know the the Brian Azzarello New uh, Fifty Two. Chang, yeah, the Chang run. Like if they give uh, me an omnibus of that run, or two omnibus of that run, I would I would buy it. John, same question to you. Uh, yeah, it would depend on the book. I mean, I I the I think the last big thing I got was the Omnibuy of the Six Gun Volume 1. Um, and I got that for a gift. You know, my lovely wife bought it for me for our first Christmas. Um, but she got me the deluxe edition that came, like, the dust cover was a casket for um, the main villain of that. And you open it up, and I had came with art prints and different stuff like that. It's got to be something that I love and that I would want to sit down and have that oversized book of. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, not, like nothing is too super clamory. I think um, I think I had mentioned a couple months ago. Um, well, you think like physical copies? I still there was a box of comics that I lent somebody at work. Uh, unfortunately, they're no longer at the office. So they gave me back their last day. They gave me back the box of books. It just sat in my office for about two weeks. And now for the last two weeks, it's been in the trunk of my car. Because I just don't care about putting them in these long boxes again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or putting them up on a shelf. And that's that's why I went digital. And I, you know, people ask oh. me about it as being a comic book person. I'm like, you know what? I ever want to read anything... I can just pull it up on my phone and I get to read it. I can read it anywhere. I'm not carrying a. I'm not carrying the book around. I'm not worrying about it getting ruined, or like the one time Chris let me borrow a book and I I lost it. You know, mm-hmm. the one that was. I think they were like the X Men books that were in your trunk. Uh, yeah, the, you know, every once in a while, like something happens, and uh, there's there's also certain books though that I I like to have in my library, like my Fables books, Invincible. And then um, Sandman. Like, I bought the last Sandman trade. Uh, I'm blanking out on the name of it, but it was one that was done by J.H. Williams III. Which, that one you have to have. Like, that that's something you have to have. Which, I, I have to have it, but I'm, I'm saddened because I had it on my coffee table, and then one of my cats jumped up on the table and knocked over the glass of water that I had. And then, like, I just kind of, like, didn't notice how bad the spill was. And then when I picked the book up, I was like, oh, these are all stuck together now. And, like, I feel like I need to go out and rebuy that trade to have, like, that copy that can live on the shelf. 
We were buying John time to figure out. He said a couple months ago he was. It's the uh, the Ardvark. the book. It's it's the Ardvark uh, character. Oh, Cerebus. Cerebus. I wanted to call him okay. Baracus, but I knew that was wrong. Okay. The the Cerebus does he, that. Does he have? I, I'm sorry, I never made it through that book. Does he have a mohawk at any point? Mm, no. Does he fly a tank? Maybe. Okay. Uh, but it was going to be, it was the coming back to the character like 40 years, you know, after its creation. Um, and that's one I thought about picking up because I think it was only coming out in physical copy. And that was one I might pick up, but I also haven't finished reading the entire series of that book that spanned like 30 years of uh, that guy writing that book. But I think that was the last thing I was actually thinking about picking up in physical copy. Nice. Uh, like for me, a physical book needs to actually be something that I know I'm going to go back to, and I, I have to have it so I can pass it off to other people. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's why I like some of the physical books. Yeah, that's that's the that's why I'm like, oh, that Wonder Woman, because you know what, I wouldn't mind being, oh, you, this is a great book. This is it's like if I'm going to have the physical copy, it's because I want to evangelize for that yeah. series or that those issues like. So I can hand them off. Digital, it's very insular. It's very oh, this is this is my copy. Even but if you if you buy a DC hardcover, you can hand off that digital code. Yes. <laughs> but honestly, even with like those digital books, that I mean, I I buy a bunch of stuff digital now. Like I'm trying to think of something that I've gone back and re-downloaded to read through again, and I think it was just the Iron Fist book. Yeah, they're so. When I came down for your wedding, John, because I realized I hadn't bought like the last three or four issues of it, so I wanted to reread it again. So I like downloaded everything on the plane to kind of get back to the end of it. Uh, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, I download it every year. I try to read it every spring. Um, I might not finish it, or I might skip parts because mm-hmm. I've read it every year for the last couple of years. Um, Saga. I've. Is I've something. fallen behind on my annual readings. Like I, yeah. I haven't done any of them in a while. Yeah, I as long as I start it, I don't feel like I need to finish it. But every day, every time around my birthday, yeah. I re-download them or I keep them downloaded on my phone and I go back to them. Saga is one of those ones too that you get to a point and when you haven't read it, and then instead of like starting at the point where I've stopped reading and I've collected issues mm-hmm. to bulk read. I'll go back ten, or I'll go back to the thing, and I have the I rebought all of those digitally from one to uh, almost forty now, um, just so I can go back and read those anytime. And I love having the fact that I can read those at any time. I have Wednesday Comics in a box. I should pull those out and try to and read them and just see how they're holding up because it's that newsprint paper. Oh yeah, and I'm just wondering how it's. How are they doing? How are they doing? How are they doing? I think as long as they're out of the light, they should be okay. Yeah, yeah people still have newspapers from, like, the Kennedy assassination. I think the like the funny pages should be okay. Hmm. Uh, okay, but, but guys, what if The Last Jedi is because Luke just realizes, like, the whole Jedi Order is fallible, and you can't deal in absolutes like that? Well, only Seth deals in absolutes. Yeah, but that in itself is an absolute. Oh, I fell for the logic trap. Uh, yeah, I think 
I think it's something that he realizes. Sorry, I, just, I, I looked at the logo again and just started thinking. Well, I think like I think a lot of it too is, I mean, it's the Jedi that really forced Anakin to turn to the dark side, because mm-hmm. if you look at it, they're the ones that are like, we need to kill the Chancellor, or we need to do this, and they're they're going against what their peacekeeping ways kind of are that cause him to really kind of fight back against them. Because even, even in that fact where Mace Windu is... Windu? 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 Windu. Uh, when he has the Emperor there, or Palpatine, mm-hmm. he's going to kill him. And Anakin says, no, he's, he's unarmed, we will take him to the thing, and he stops Mace from killing him. That's you know that's yeah, why he yeah. cuts his hand off because he shouldn't be doing that. So I think I think you know maybe Luke has sees that you know the Jedi order training somebody in the force is one but having this code and everything maybe maybe not the right thing. Who knows. So no no more Jedi samurai. Yeah, only ronins. Only ronins. Uh yeah. Do we have did we have one more thing for news? Not really. All no. right. Then Paul- Power Rangers, but you know, there's yeah, a new trailer. Go watch it. it, it it's fun. It's a new trailer. We get Brian Cranston as Zordon. We get Zords. We get, uh Alpha 5. Uh which is uh what's his name from SNL? Bill Hader. Bill Hader. It works. Uh, I after seeing this trailer, I'm kind of more like, okay, like this this looks cool. It like, looks a lot more actiony. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's going to be great, but the action in it hits those notes that the TV show did. Like, you see, like, Zord stuff. You see them fighting I, what I think are the putties. Like, Goldar's in it. Right? It, so much gold. It, it's there, and I'm kind of like, okay, like, this is maybe nostalgia done better than the Turtle movies. I don't want to see right, because... I still haven't uh, seen any of the Turtle movies. Uh, I, I was actually thinking about the second one today, and how I was like, I I wouldn't mind seeing it. I don't have to, but I would. Like, I think I picked that in the last year's uh, blockbuster bracketbuster. I I thought oh. that one was going to go further than it did, but nobody cared. No, it'll probably be on. I was surprised how quick it was up on Hulu. Uh, the first um, one. So the second one probably is going to hit, I'd, I'd imagine, would hit soon, too, because I don't see it for, like, rent on Amazon or in the different things where you can buy movies. I haven't seen it. When I started up Netflix the other night after I got home from work just to put on, like, something while I kind of just, like, zone out and, like, gear down for bed, um, the Alice Through the Looking Glass movie is on, and I was like, oh, I could put this on, but I really don't care, and I just continued on with my rewatch of a series of unfortunate events which is really good it's I, so I finished good. watching it uh i i want to talk to you more about that but off the show yes because we can do that off show paul and i are going to talk about our next beer which is hmm. ballast points monza ray this is a double ipa clocking in at 8.5 percent and this is a pretty darn good double ipa mm-hmm. um it's delivering all those things you want. You get a little bit of citrus. You get a little bit of that dry your mouth out, a little bit of pine. Uh, the more I sip on it, the more I go, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like this. Uh, I finished this quicker than you did, which is 
usually not the case. I mean, uh, it's usually like, like sitting there nursing that beer when we're moving on to the next mm-hmm. thing. Uh, this one I, it just has a nice big hop pop right up the middle, right up the, at the start. And then uh, no really bad, no big resiny aftertaste or anything. It does have that nice drying yeah. of the tongue. It does but have a nice aftertaste, but it's... It's not that resin, yeah, like, it's, acrid... It's pleasant, like, citrusy, uh, <clears throat> grapefruit peel... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's all nice. Yeah. It's it's because sometimes those double IPAs, especially when they have that big punch up front, they leave you with that bad resin acrid yeah. aftertaste. And, and uh, this one just solid throughout the flavor. When I was talking to the Ballast solid Point, solid throughout the flavor. That makes sense. I was talking to the Ballast Point rep, mm-hmm. and she was saying like it's um, like a big version of Sculpin, which I do not think it is. Um, and then another one of the reps came up there. Um, kind of they do all their pricing kind of things and I was talking to him and he was like it's the double IPA version of their Pale Al Grunion which I like Grunion so I was like oh okay if it's like Grunion I'll probably really like it and it is kind of that adult version big version of their Grunion Pal uh, yeah very pleasant I, I liked it a lot I would say check it out too but it's another it, this one is definitely fourteen ninety nine a six pack It's kind of the, worth the way it. you were talking about it. Kind of made me think, and I couldn't remember what brewery did it, so I had to just Google it quick. But the liquid gold from Captain Lawrence was just like a bigger version of their other beers, but it was better. Uh, yeah, I think that was one of the very few Captain. Because we didn't like I anything liked. from Captain yeah. Lawrence, but except for like that one. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I yeah, that was really good, and you know. Fourteen ninety nine. I mean, if you think about it, it's it's not that it's not that much, mm-hmm. you know. Fourteen ninety nine divided by divided by six. You know, you're paying a couple bucks a bottle. And it's what would you pay? Two fifty a bottle. Like that's not bad. Yeah. What would you pay if you got a pint of it out at a bar? Six dollars. Yeah, but I'm also paying for the experience. Paying for the, the bar. experience. <laughs> Fuck you, Paul. <laughs> Economics major. Different, they're different prices. Okay, different things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kind of try to put this in like a different mind frame. If you saw this beer as part of like a craft your own six pack type thing, oh, I would sneak three of them in there. Two fifty, would you take one of those bottles and put it in your pack? Oh, oh, if it cost me two fifty to put in, yeah, yeah, okay. Because, you know why? I, the thing with beer, I'm gonna go economics, and I'm sorry. The, you know okay. you. Because normally what happens is you start paying less for the more that you get. But with beer, since you're never really going to drink like the whole six, well, with craft beer, I don't think anybody really sits there and drinks the whole six pack by themselves, except for John. Well, not many people do that. Uh, but I make it a point not to because I'm like, oh, I, I spent this much on it. I should I should save it for like the next three nights. Yeah, so in order to get people to buy more of the same product, they have to decrease cost over how much more of that product that you get. It's the law of diminishing utility. Uh, but with craft beer, I don't think that it doesn't have that sharp of a you know, decline because you know you're going to want one now. And then, like, two days from now, you're going to want another one of those bottles again. And you, you get just as much enjoyment out of that next bottle as you do that first bottle. I think I still have one bottle of the Dogfish Head uh, beer for breakfast. And, still. and you'll probably enjoy that bottle 
just as much as he did the first. Probably. Or very close to it. So it's that, that law of de- decreasing returns or de- diminishing utility doesn't really apply. So a paying two fifty for a single bottle versus paying $14.99 for a six-pack, I'm paying the same price, but it doesn't really matter to me, you know, because it's all the same, because I'm happy to have more. I'm not... I don't need to pay less for, to get more, because I'm happy to pay. You guys know what I'm saying? Is, does that make yeah. sense? Yeah. No, it's just... It's just a question I, I, I had. Like, I've gotten I've gotten very used to paying ten ninety nine for a four pack of Tall Boy cans, which would work out to like almost five beers out of a six pack. But I've gotten to the point where I'm like, oh no, like I I've been really happy with these mm-hmm. four pack Tall Boys. I and, do like the Tall Boys. You know, the Space Kitty that we had on the last show, mm-hmm. ten eleven ninety nine four pack of Tall Boys. That beer I would pick up anytime I see it. I'd grab it. I gave one to a friend of the show, Ed, the other day, and he drank it in front of me. Uh, <laughs> Did he split it with you? No, I, just, I told him he could have his it. His kids weren't there. It's okay. I had three more at home. No, his kids were there. And oh. he, at one point, he yelled at this kid. He's like, he's like a, it's not even a one. His kids, they're writers. It's okay. They're, ba- they're babies. They're German. Uh, uh, and uh, the kid's doing something... Sorry, I'm trying to get this story out. <laughs> oh, I just Chris made me laugh there. Uh, and he's like, hey, man, I got a double IPA here. <laughs> like, he's just like, come on, stop trying to do that thing, kid. <laughs> I love Ed yelling at his kids. Is just him logically reasoning with his kids. Like, <laughs> hey, I got a double IPA. Come on. Uh, and he was shocked that it was from Robach. Yeah, it is a little shocking, but uh, you know what isn't shocking? Our picks for this week's list. Ooh. That's how you segue, like an AF. An AF. What does Wait, that mean? Isn't that as as no, as something? That, That's how you segue. It stands for as fuck. Oh. Well, you know me. I segue AF. Not, not in with the lingo. But yeah, you, these are going to be the say, books that we're looking forward to coming out January 25th. And John... I have the feeling you're looking forward to a number one coming out. I am, and this is Commandy Challenge number one. Uh, so this is going to be a, I believe, a 14-part series. Uh, the thing that's kind of cool about this is they're trying to bring back Jack Kirby's uh, apocalyptic Earth of Commandy, but this is going to be with 14 different teams of writers and artists. Every okay. book... Uh, is going to the the first book is going to start and it's going to leave on a cliffhanger, and then the next team of artists and writers then have to finish that cliffhanger and then leave their book in a cliffhanger. So it's for a the round next, robin for the next team. It, it's a challenge. It's a wow. challenge for the next team to take it on and then do it. And you have people like Dan DiDio, um, Keith Giffen. Uh, Dan Eagles, uh, Eagle him, and uh, Dan Abnett. Like, Dale Inglesham? Is he writing? Uh, he's going to be on art. Okay, I love Dale Inglesham um, on art. So I mean, it's all these guys, pl- you know. Plus, yeah. I mean, it's fourteen teams taking on this challenge. Which I'm going to pick up the first couple to see how it goes. 
but it's kind of something really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's four ninety nine, but you're getting you're getting a gimmick with it. You know, like how much? It's a comic book experience. Yeah, Yeah. it's like ordering a beer at a bar. (laughs) (laughs) You're willing to pay that extra amount because it's a different experience than just you, you Paul. You guys are just proving my point left and right, though. That's all I'm saying. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's... I I don't care about the character Commandy at all. But I do have to say, back in Wednesday Comics, to kind of talk about that again, I really did like the Commandy like section of that story with the art by Ryan Sook. Um, who's doing the first part of this? Uh, I it doesn't. I think it's it may be Dan Abnett and Dan DiDio with Keith. Keith Giffen and Scott Koblish, Koblish. Um, it just has those two listed as writer, as writers and artists. So I'm not sure exactly what they're doing, who's doing what, how everything's going to work out. Um, I just have what previews has said, where it's 14 different teams of writers and artists working on this book. And that, that that's okay because this. This sounds like it's a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's why I like when I said like I'm doing this, and I could hear, I could hear your eye roll, Chris, because it's like who who cares? Yeah, I don't care, <laughs> you know. But I I think this is a great way to get you interested in, you know, one of those characters that isn't really relevant anymore. Uh, definitely, and also gives them a thing like it's almost like one of those like. You know those serial movie serials, where tune in next week to find out whether he escapes the burning building. You know, like I feel like it's going to be like that. Like it's going to leave on this huge cliffhanger that these other people have to then pick up the piece, finish that cliffhanger, then to leave it in another cliffhanger kind of a thing. Yeah, <laughs> sounds fun. No, definitely. Um, I'm still sad that we wind up losing the. DC Universe Presents comic book when we had the uh, New 52 because it was literally a book that you had that arc and then afterwards it was going to be something completely different but somehow people just didn't care even though it would still be like a a number one they just didn't want to read it it wasn't a lot of the arcs weren't that good it was yeah but it was characters that you weren't seeing elsewhere in the New 52 or it was kind of expanding their role and for me, that was interesting. Like that was a really cool little like hook to it. And I think you kind of get that with like the commandy challenge because yeah, you might not like this issue, but the next one is going to be done by someone completely different, and you don't know what they're going to pick up on, what they're going to run with, and that's that's really cool. What they're going to read that you know they're going to read that previous story and be like, well, they should have made this happen. Let's make that happen. You know, mm-hmm. let's make it happen. Yeah, and and they got a good writing team, and the illegal showman art makes me very excited to see this. So yeah. I'm looking forward to re- reading it during our January look back. It will be there, Chris. What are yes, what, I'm Chris. What are you buying this week? Um, I'm actually looking forward to a book that I haven't read any more of since we actually read the first issue for the look back, hmm. and this is Doom Patrol number four, written by Gerard Way with art by Nick Darrington. So that's the one with the uh, gyro sandwich. <laughs> yes, the gyro wrap. The gyro. The the fantastic, crazy out there book. 
uh, that I I really enjoyed. But here's the thing about Chris. He doesn't always pay attention to what comic books he buys if it's not Green Lantern or Batman (laughs) or Young Avengers related. Hmm. So So I completely missed, like, the following three issues after that one. Luckily, I think this one's been coming out every other month. Uh, So I can easily get caught up on it for when this one comes out. Well, you're also just four in, so you can pick up two, three, and four for... It's not like it's double shipping every month where I missed out on eight Mm -hmm. issues of it. Like, I can can go back and read these. Yeah, I feel like we read this in in September or October look back. So it shouldn't be a big thing. Mm-hmm. Oh. Chris, check your notes. I, I, I was going to say, I could head over to bangboard.com and check the notes. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if that's when I like fell off of doing the show notes or not. Could have been. So stay tuned. Paul, what are you looking for? I'm to? looking forward to Hulk number two for reasons oh. we'll talk about in our main topic. But that won't happen until we do something else. Something dramatic? <laughs> Very dramatic. Uh, something reading? And now for a dramatic reading from Hero Bear and the Kid. Saving time. Because that's important. <laughs> Issue one. Page five. Panel five. Because I still don't know what this story's all about. It's about time, boys! So pack the snacks to go. And that was a dramatic reading. From the hero bear and the kid saving time. <laughs> Issue one, page five, panel five. We sent so many pictures that I lost the the page. <laughs> oh, it's panel six. Sorry, guys. So I was just trying to remember where it was all from. That's okay, and it is important because if I thought that was hero bear and kid actual like number one, I'd be like, this book's not what I thought it was at all. Oh, that's the villain talking. Hmm. Mm. Is In, it? Uh, mm-hmm. I didn't read the book. That's uh, fine. Speaking, we'll get there eventually. Speaking of villains, Paul and I are drinking our last beer. Uh, and this comes from... I'm sorry, no. As a segwayer of segways, that was not... How is this a villain? Do you like this beer? I do. Oh, I don't. Okay. I think it's a villain. Because we've had, this is uh, coming from Harpoon Brewery, this is their Hoppy Adventure Double IPA Tall Boy Can. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is smooth. 7.8%. Is... From the mid-palate, I get a nice burst. You know, it's very smooth up front. There's no, it has a nice linger to it. But it's not, again, not resiny, but it is that, it's that big citrus peel on like the back new end. Car. Really? It's like new car. I'm getting nothing but citrus peel on the back end. I, I'm not. I'm getting multi black. And we are having two different taste ex- <laughs> We're having let two me, different hoppy experiences. Let me try, your, let me try your glass. We're having two different hoppy adventures right now, which is the hop double IPA from Harpoon. I know John probably said it, but I'm saying it again. That tastes the same. Okay. Well, I don't. I don't. I don't like. I don't like it. Okay. Uh, I. I feel like out of all those tall boy IPA double IPAs we've been drinking lately, because it's, mm-hmm. it's almost it's, week, it's almost weekly. We're mm-hmm. we're really going after them. Um, this is my least favorite. The the Sam Adams. I would take that over this in a heartbeat. Oh. Uh, I would never. 
I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend this. This comes in a four pack. Four pack. You can bring the three over here. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you saw me show up with this wait, in a craft wait. pack. Are you drinking it cold enough? Yeah, we are. It is. Yeah. It is cold, and I. I think it's. I. I think it's refreshing. I think it's good. I think it has that nice pop in the middle. It doesn't hit me up front like the, like the double it's IPA piney, that we just had. From it's piney, Ballast resiny, malty. I don't know. I just it just. It's a cacophony of flavors. It, does it just not, not work. It doesn't sit. Just doesn't sit well with me. Uh, and I was looking forward to this because I've been really pleased with the different things I've been getting from Harpoon lately. Right now, I feel like I just had I like just had the rind of a lemon. Just like that's what I had in my mouth for the like past couple minutes. Like that's what I feel right now. I haven't taken a sip in over a minute. I it just tastes feel like that. it tastes like I licked a new car air freshener. Wow. Like I, mm. Yeah. Uh, so, buyer beware, beer, beware, folks. Very. I, I haven't had that one, but you maybe want to get another beer. So, can we take a pause? Of course. I don't remember what we said last, besides me asking if we could take a pause. Yeah, to grab your beer. Okay, I don't know if that was going to be locked in or not. Uh, my next beer is actually from Funky Buddha, and this is their Sweet Potato Casserole Strong Ale. Mm. Um, this is a beer that I presented to you guys. Um, as part of your Christmas gifts, um, this was one of the very first beers I had actually when I moved down to Florida, um, and I remember like really enjoying it. And here I am drinking another one, and it still tastes just like sweet potato casserole with the marshmallows too. It yeah, it's like really yummy, but then you get like that kind of like it's a sweetness, but it's a more rounded sweetness. It's not just like syrupy. It it's, it's like a it's a marshmallow, toasted marshmallow. Yeah, it's delicious. As soon as he gave it to me that night, I drank it because I'm like, I cannot wait for this beer. Because uh, this is a strong ale that's been brewed with sweet potatoes, vanilla, and spices. So mm. you might be getting that kind of more like earthy sweetness from that vanilla. But yeah, um, I did drop this one down to a three point two five out of five. I originally had it at a three point five. It wouldn't be something that I really like. It wouldn't be a go-to for me, but yeah, the, the, this beer's a lot of fun, mm-hmm. and I don't think I've ever referred to a, a beer that way. But yeah, I've already drank like more than half of it, and I'm just like, every time I go to it, it's like that dinner dessert. It's not actually dessert, but it's what you save as kind of that in-betweener like plate after you finish mm-hmm. your turkey and stuffing and like green bean casserole hmm. this yeah. is a segue into pumpkin pie <laughs> it is uh the look that john's wife present wife uh gave me when she thought i drank current, current wife yeah cur- is, which we call it oh current wife. wife current i said present wife but okay current wife uh gave me when she thought i drank both the bottles <laughs> I thought I was dead to her for the rest of our for the rest of your married life. I'm like, no, I'm no longer allowed to hang out with John anymore because she believes I drank both bottles. I'm like, no, no, I just had the one. I don't know where the other one is. Well, we'll find it. We'll find it. We had left we it did. in the we had left it in the bag, gift bag, yeah, yeah, and which we didn't realize because I was like, I can't find it anywhere. And she's like, I didn't drink it. Because when Chris gave that to us, and I, and you know, he gave us both a little gift uh-huh. bag with um, beer presents in it, 
And I yeah, pulled that out. Also, you guys left the Cigar City Vanilla Hazelnut <laughs> Stout here. I know. Well, I felt uh, I realized that after the fact, and I was like, I can't fit anything else into my bag. So Chris will have to enjoy that without us, or save uh, it for when I come uh, and no, visit you. Because producer Scott's coming here in like two weeks, so that's now a producer Scott beer. Oh, because I also put together one of like those little packs for him as well. We just so producer scared. Scott's going to get that. What, what is producers? Man, producer Scott just he's traveling that the world. New York beers, brews, uh, money. Mm. Um, but this is uh, uh, my when Chris gave that, my wife looked at me mm. like. I just scratched up my mic out of my face. Uh, I heard it. Yeah. Uh, it she, she looked at me and was like, that's mine. <laughs> so all I requested is uh, a sip of it. Uh, she had opened it without telling me. Then she proceeded to carry it around the house, drinking it while she was doing stuff, like, you know, small, like, cleaning and stuff. Set it down. This is a, this is, this is a great beer for that, though, in her mm-hmm. defense, though. Like, I could see myself walking around and, like, not doing chores, but maybe that little stuff that you never do. Like, yeah, the straightening oh, hey, up. I, yeah, I need yeah. to water that plant. Mm-hmm. Stuff that you would do with small woodland creatures. Yeah. Yeah. So she set it down and lost it. <laughs> so all of a sudden, I look and I see the bottle. I'm like, hey, did you drink this without me? And she's like, well, I was doing stuff. Like, yeah. So I was like, Whoa. <laughs> did you finish it? I don't know where it is. And then finally, I'm like, what the hell is this over here? And then I started drinking it, and then I got yelled at. And I was like, well, you lost it. No, you finished it. Glug, 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 glug. <laughs> and uh, then smash a- the bottle. Right. Destroy the evidence. Was it fun little beer? Like, it's... And that's year-round, too, right? Yeah, like, they always have it. And, I, like, I haven't bought it since I bought it the first time. I forget what the date was, like, October 15th, 2015. I did have it before on the show, so... Check the show notes. You'll find it. Uh, having it, I'm just like, man, like this is this is a fun drink because it's like it's the opposite side of the coin that was the like smoked ham beer that we had <laughs> or the pizza beer. Oh, yeah, pizza because beer. It, it tastes just like that, except this is good. Like you enjoy drinking it because you're like, ooh, sweet potato casserole every sip. Mm-hmm. It being in blended liquid form isn't disgusting uh no and i uh i traded paul the rest of my beer to go open another beer that he, john brought that so brought, it's not like yeah. he trade it's his beer yeah I, I just gave him the rest of my beer. i offered to supply beer for this episode and i thought it was a good offer and he's like no that's shit stop it paul uh, well, i'm bringing all this stuff because it's better no screw you no i'm sorry i like uh, the ballast point rep gave me two beers that haven't been released yet and i was like oh we should probably drink those yeah uh but i also brought Stillwater, their super hop this is a neotropical ipa this comes in at six point six percent ABV, tall boy can, and uh, very tee. Yeah. Okay, I can get still water down here. So yeah, look for it. It's 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 pretty good. I would put it at a three point seven five. It's because it, there's not much to it to begin with. It's just that aftertaste of tea, which is very nice. It's an. It, I mean, it lingers. It has a so nice so far porch beer. Yeah, it, it it is that like this is like um, what's the percentage? Six percent. Okay, yeah, and, and it's a it's a slammer can. 
This, for some reason, taking the sips of this beer make me think of when we were in Florida for Halloween with the Halloween party at that arcade brew okay, yeah, bar. Yeah. Uh-huh. For some reason, this, I don't know if I had a beer that tasted like this down there, but mm-hmm. like every sip, I'm like, I think of that. I don't know why. It, and House of the Dead. It's drawing that memory up. <laughs> we finally beat House we, of the Dead, though. We did, we did beat House of the Dead. And you were not allowed to open up that door, even though you it's needed so some breeze. Um, but yeah, but this beer makes me think of that. It's not bad. It's not great. Uh, the crazy thing is, is like um, best before sea bottom on the side of the can. And on the bottom, it says best before November 2017, which oh, wow. is like, man, okay. that's like almost a year away. Mm-hmm. How can this still be good at that point? But I guess like the way this is, the way this tastes now, yeah. like where could it go? Yeah, because there's no upfront flavor. Oh, more. Um, it, it it's an enjoyable drink. I don't like. I don't like. I don't hate it. Like it's I, I like you your feel. I like your review of. I, uh. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think of like yeah. like I have. But that could be an episode title. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I, 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 wrote, spell, I don't know how to spell that. I wrote so "fuck you, Paul" for episode title. Um. Uh, it's good. Oh, it's not okay. great, but it, I mean, it's something that all around oh. I would. I mean, it's a bargatory beer that I would be happy to get. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little above bargatory. Yeah, I, I think like I haven't had a lot from Stillwater, but everything I've had from them is it's very bargatory. Like it's it's all been decent, but nothing jumps out about it. You know what? We we really flex those reviewing muscles, so I think we're ready to review some comic books that came out back in December of 2016. Uh, where do we want to start? Just the two uh, the, the we, Marvel We never books? talked about where we were going to start. Well, Chris yeah. listed, uh, I think, the books that he had okay. first, so we could hop over. Let's go, uh, yeah, let's get... Sadness. Let's get, let's get love is love let's, out of the okay, way. Okay, let's get the heavy out of the way first. Because that was a... It's a beautifully done 100 and some odd page comic book. Uh, it was like 160 pages. And there's a lot to this book. But there, at the same time, like, there's not a lot you can say about it. Because all the like stories in this are like one or two pages. You get a lot of like like pinup and like prose type stuff with it. So it's I feel bad having picked this book because I felt like oh no it's an anthology book like we can talk about like stories in it we can talk about our favorites mm-hmm. but everything is like so like quick in it. Yeah. That you you don't really have a chance to dwell on it because and thank god. <laughs> yeah. Um because what is this book about Chris? I'm so, well, let's uh, let's yeah, I, I, I remember we need to kind of introduce because we talked about it before. Um, and Love is Love is a anthology book uh, published by IDW in conjunction with DC Comics. And this was done as a uh, benefit to uh, the families and victims of the Orlando Pulse shooting that happened um, last year in June. Um, and was now being called like the second largest terrorist attack on, on US soil because wow. 49, 
49 people were uh, shot and killed. Um, I talked about it like a little bit on the show when we were talking about this. I talked about an episode of Parks and Rec that I haven't actually published yet. Um, sorry, there's a cat attacking my closet door. Men, stop. What are you doing? You're a bitch. <laughs> um, but Pulse Nightclub is only 10 minutes away from me. The night of the shooting, I actually heard sirens like down the street. Um, so yeah. this is one of those things that it hits close to home, not just because it's it happened in Orlando, but I work with people that were actually there in the club when this happened. Luckily, everyone's okay. Like everyone, like survived. Like no injuries. Like so, I'm thankful for that. But this is one of those books that I bought because I was like, oh, like this is real life intruding upon comic books, and that's fantastic. Like the I feel like the last time we actually had something of this caliber was with 9/11. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Marvel had know. their re- release, their like heroes book or, or something like. I, I'm forgetting what it was called, but. And, I mean, you know, if you listen to the show, you know I'm I'm a New Yorker. I mean, spent my entire life in Buffalo, but Buffalo is seven hours away from New York City. Reading all of that, I felt so far removed from it. I imagine that's how most of America felt, like, because it's. It's home. It's mm-hmm. your own country. You know that place. You've seen it. It's there, but it's so far away. Like it, it doesn't trouble you. Reading this one, it was kind of hard for me because they're talking about like towns and cities in Orlando that are just just down the road for me. Like the Scott Snyder jock, like two page spread like talks about being a disney cast member and just like kind of like the uh the lines drawn between like janitorial and character actors Mm -hmm. the door is open the invite or yeah the door is open yeah like and and this stuff that's just like day-to-day life Mm -hmm. when you're in orlando because whether you work for disney or not you have some sort of semblance of like view into that world so, like, this hit me in a way that I didn't think was actually going to be possible because, like, I bought it because, like, oh, it's anthology. Like, we like to talk about anthologies. Mm-hmm. It was timely at, like, the point of um, purchase. I figured it was something we could talk about, but, like, reading it, it's like, it's very much a downer. Right. Well, but, but it is a, it's a, it's a really heavy book because mm-hmm. the book itself is a 50 50 dealing with, like, hey, here's how we as the comic book creators feel about what love and relationships and people are. And then the other 50% is like, Hey, there was a shooting that happened. Let's talk about shooting people. And it was like the shooting people stuff that like it, I couldn't really like get on board with because I feel like the one that I should have enjoyed the most was like, Batman's like in like Pulse nightclub. Yeah, like that was, talking about it's too. And then you see bodies around, and I'm like, I I know people that were there. Like this is, it's wrong. Like so insensitive. Like it's that rock. Yeah, like, and yeah. I didn't expect that. Every time a superhero a showed book. up in that anthology, it felt wrong. 
Uh, I, yes, a, uh, the the Deathstroke one. Yeah, too. Yeah. From now on, I just do karate. karate. Yeah, and he like, throws all his guns in a dumpster, and I'm like, yeah, it's just there were very moving moments. I, I, I at some points, I was brought, I, I was brought yeah. to tears. Like, mm-hmm. I, I read this book this morning uh, before I went to work, and I had these moments where I was like, I need to finish this, but man, like, I can't, I can't read right now. Um, it, it, there are very moving moments to this and then it almost feels like editorial was like well we can't tell this person no and i i don't think anybody should tell somebody no when they're working out these emotions yeah but in that sense like like we're saying is like that that batman one that was like jarring yeah and then like at the end where like batman's like looking down from the top of the building Mm-hmm. And the cops go like, "Well, if anyone can solve it, it's him." And then Batman is like, "It's just a picture of his face," and it's like, you know, there maybe it no would have been. There's no answers. Yeah, there's no answers. But maybe like if you saw like a tear coming out of his mask, like it would be even more cheesy than what they just yeah. delivered. You know, like 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 the, the Batman in- one yeah. is like yeah. the prime offender of that. But there are other stories in this book that use like the DC characters or even the Archie characters appear. And that was, which was kind yeah. of a surprise to me uh, that see, tell like that like same kind of story where it's, Hey, here's these characters. They exist in a world that still has hate. Mm-hmm. And like they deal with this from day to day. Like Batwoman appears in a couple, you get, um, mm-hmm. you get like Maggie Sawyer and Renee Montoya and other ones. Those other ones do, I like a good job of dealing with like just the gravity of like, hey, here's who we are as people in this other world that just mm-hmm. like hates us. It still works, but the Batman one is just I don't want to say tasteless, but like you have Batman walking through the nightclub as a crime scene and looking and at their phones and stuff. And yeah, yeah. It, it just it was in such poor taste. And meanwhile, the other ones are like, no, like. I can't remember exactly the name of the story. I don't even remember if any of these actually had like names, but I remember it was actually written by Dan DiDio, and it's from the DC like yeah. LGBT like Q characters like in a club, and you have like Apollo there, like um, Maggie Sawyer, like Renee Montoya, and they're talking about like just where they are as gay characters in comic books. Yeah, it was like, so meta. No, like. It yeah, worked. like we we've come this far, but like we're we're not there yet. Mm-hmm. That I appreciated. I mean, if if you've listened to the podcast, you you know, like, hey, I'm a, I'm a straight white dude. Like, I'm as privileged as you can be. But like reading that kind of stuff, I was like, yeah, like things are getting better. Like the things that don't affect me on a day to day basis. We're making those steps. Mm-hmm. And the Batman story, I, I hate the fact that that's the one that like made me stop like flipping through the pages on my iPad to be like, oh, really? Like, come on, guys. Uh, there was also the Nightwing and Batman one where it ends with, they're not so much different than us. And it's like, jeez. Oh, no, I really appreciated the Dandidia one because it wasn't, 
talking about just that one shooting. It was talking about the overall, like where where gay culture fits into the rest of our worldview and the rest of the culture where we where we are more accepting. And I also like the one that was in a similar vein of, yeah, we can't believe this happened, but it's happened before in 1970s, the bombing of a gay nightclub where 30 people died and nobody cared. Nobody talked about it here. There's lines of people donating blood. Like more people are coming together after this people now care about the gay community because they see us as not just the the gay community but as part of their community and those were the ones that just ripped my heart out yeah. where i'm like damn like i can't if i put this down there's no way i'm ever picking up this book again yeah i mean it, it was tough and it's something that like it's great that they did this Mm-hmm. It's great that it's there for people. It's great that it's there. It's there for anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the, the one of the ones that does have comic book characters that I did really like, and it's right in the beginning, is the Paul Dini, Harley, and Ivy because it's cute and yeah. it's fun, and it's showing two people that love, love each, each other. other. Yeah, and I, that was like a really nice, well done one. And then like the next one, you're like, oh yeah, that this book is, yeah. Not, it's not cutesy my- like I just read, and um, they. I think they needed to mix up just a little bit of the light and uh-huh. the heavy kind of yeah. stuff. I, I think this is probably. I, I don't want to say an editorial thing, but like the various creators and contributors were approaches like, "Hey, do you have something that you want to say?" And it was just. Like done that way, and you don't want to tell someone like, no, don't, you can't say that because even a lot of it's just like you know, like Patton Oswalt has like a one-page thing that's only like four lines of what he wrote, and then artwork. Um, well, and and, like, and then there's also Brad Meltzer has like a oh, that like one was quick good. comic with um, Chris Eppenhouse, yeah, uh, Jerry, like Jerry Duggan, like it's it's interesting, it's like. Uh, it says written by Jerry Duggan, art by I can't think of the artist, but it's you know like twelve hearts. It's the same looking heart mm-hmm. in twelve different panels, and it just says you know it's an art piece, straight, yeah. white, gay, black, Hispanic, trans, you know, and it, it you just goes and me, yeah, you know, yeah. and it's just like s- simple thing like that, and you're like, yeah, wow, you know, yeah, I get it, yeah, I get it, yep, it's what you know, mm-hmm. there's it's. It's an emotional slog. I, I think you go on an emotional journey. I wish, yeah, like I wish you, I, I wish you didn't have those moments where I'm, I'm thinking about it and I'm tearing up. Yeah, it, it, those moments where you know I'm 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 brought to tears while reading it, and then you have a moment where you're like, oh, geez, that was awful. Like that mm-hmm. wasn't good, and like that. I mean, it, that Batman one is really like the one that really mm-hmm. sticks out. Yeah, and everyone is not for you, and uh, and you know the it's, one that. What which one hit you the most though? Like, ah, uh, you know it was. Oh, I, I I I have two. Okay. Um, John, do you need to think about yours? Or are you? No, okay? I know mine. Go ahead for yours, man. Okay, because I like I said, I have two, and one is a like licensed kind of 
one, and then the other one is just like the standalone. Um, the Jim Lee, like Harry Potter one. <laughs> okay. I know if you guys remember that one, but it was like it's the one it's single a quote page from Elvis Dumbledore, mm-hmm. and then Jim Lee does like the pencil artwork with everyone like raising their wands, mm-hmm. uh, with the gay flag being yeah, behind like, them. Yeah, yeah. I love Harry Potter. Like, mm-hmm. and to see like Jim Lee like growing up as a comic book fan in the nineties, like yeah, like he's comic book royalty to me. Like to see him draw the Harry Potter characters and then have it be such like an impactful thing like that one I really appreciated I actually took a screenshot of it on my tablet so I could use it as a as a background but the one that actually just like on a personal level got to me was the uh, Damon Lindelof and Lendl U one where it's about the mom and the son who go to the club like just like to hang out and dance and then like the mom gets like cut down in the fire Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's painful stuff like yeah but also it, it's in a comic book and the fact that a comic book can elicit that kind of response speaks to what the medium itself is uh mine was actually the parade i'm not sure who wrote it because i didn't pay much attention to it and i don't have it pulled up now uh oh um with the yeah uh, that one? No, no, the one where they're like, there, oh, there's a is, couple. I you know, I was seeing, you know, lived in New York City, and you know, uh, we go to the gay pride parade, and you know, mostly, most of the time, it's just corporate sponsorship, you know, giving away free, you know, uh, oh, coupons yeah, and stuff. Because they had like the, it wasn't Walmart, but it was like something like that in the background. <laughs> and they're so. like, but this year, you know, we went, and there was. Like, this group of people with, like, white towels over their heads, just holding placards, and we were like, well, you know, it's a gay pride parade, it could be, they could be talking about, you know, they could be mentioning contraceptives or whatnot, like, we don't know, and then they noticed what they were holding, and it was 49 people holding a picture and the names and age of everybody that died. And, and then it was like... Then um, the one one person, of the victims was someone that actually worked at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, and the like they walked by carrying a wand. Yeah. And it was just, and everybody, and it was a whole group experience that they talk about of everybody kind of just quietly realizing it and how the whole crowd just start, was just dead silent. And then people started clapping as they walked by. And then I'm, the. I'm, I'm trying to find that one because that one just, was like really powerful. But that one. Yeah, I don't know why. Scroll through stuff. There, there, because there's, oh, there's, I mean, there's always. It something. might be because it's, it's, you know, that. You're, you're going, and it's this, supposed to be this thing of revelry, this thing of fun, and then all of a sudden you're hit with this gut punch, and, you know, it just, that taciturn, that that quick turn of emotion just yeah. hits me harder than, I'm tearing up. Yeah. Like, I can't. No, I hear you. This book, I just can't, you yeah. know? Uh, uh, one of the ones that got me was the Jeff King, um, Steve Pug one, where it's the daughter watching the news events. Oh. The father says something a little oh, you know, yeah, un- insensitive, and then she, you know, yeah. angrily comes. She comes out to him, and then the father says, "You know, we'll. I'm going with you. I'm going to drive you down. Please don't let that insensitive thing. Yeah. Like I'm like I'm looking at Paul. We're both about to cry talking about it. <laughs> but it's like just that father being like, "Hey, you know what? I I made a mistake. I'm never not going to love you 
I want to do this with you. We leave right now. We can be there in so many hours. And it is, yeah. it's, it's, it's touching. Like I, I had tears running down my, I'm almost crying yeah, now. Yeah. Uh, but I had tears running down my face, like mm-hmm. reading this book. And it does have these great, uh, everything we've mentioned are all moments that are all these, these great moments in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a shame that it, in some sense, there's some that just don't fit. And it is right, some yeah. of those ones that are comic book hero related i'm glad i I had those moments where it could break me out of almost crying though and be angry about something (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know almost i'm scrolling through i was trying to find the one that um you were talking about paul because i want to know who did that one because it was like it was powerful and then i hit the one that's like from jason aaron and jason latour where it's like the two like high school football dudes that are like yeah making out making out before like the the homecoming game game. yeah yeah like that's good. Because I love, you know, it, and when coming into this book, like, love is love, that's what I thought the book was going to be. Like, these little small stories of, you know, just gay or transsexual or, you know, there's that one that's like, oh, I'm straight. I'm I'm straight, but I love you and yeah. I love you too. Well, I guess we're gay now. Well, I'm transgendered. And I like, I guess I'm gay again. Like, because love is love. And I thought that's what it was going to hit on. Like, you know, just showing these different stories of all these different types of loves. But no, it was so many of these are so entrenched in just that shooting that yeah. and, and the aftermath of it. And like the dad, like having to, yeah, that one. Okay. Uh, the dad having to send away the young son to go live with his aunt because he can no longer take care of him on his own because his partner died in the shooting. It's like, oh, the, it, the it, one, it's, it's a heavy book. Oh, the dog having to go back to the damn pound. Oh, fuck that dog. Oh my God. That one hurt. Uh, the one, the one with the parade that Paul liked was written by, uh, Steve Fox and, uh, Isaac Goodhart on our art have no idea who those people are yeah you know, but and that, that one was the thing, like a lot of this book was done by people that i had no kind of frame of reference for yeah and i but mean there's... also one of like the only books i think that we've actually ever read that has exclusive digital content to it too oh so this was stuff that you could only see having purchased it um digitally through something like comiXology and a lot of it is like uh, like pinup stuff but there's like a Captain Carrot comic book in there, yeah. or a Captain Carrot comic because it's not really a comic book because it's one page. But yeah, um, ultimately it's 160 pages. It was like 9.99, I think. I don't regret spending that much money on it at all. And it goes um, to Florida Equality. Uh, group, you know, so it's it's also raising money, which is yeah, and it's something that Chris bought. We read. Uh, I plan on purchasing it just so it's like I mean, it's like a donation for mm-hmm. for that, and I have I have no problem doing that. Um, yeah, uh, ten bucks. Like I spend more on my daily coffee and uh, breakfast sandwich from Starbucks. Like yeah, whatever. Uh, so now let's talk about Motor Crush. <laughs> let's talk about. Rugs and racing. Uh, uh, do, do you want to go, John? Oh, I don't know. I can't shift gears that quickly. Uh, so, uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, that helps a lot. <laughs> you know that getting angry helps, right? Like, aren't you glad you had? Uh, so we are going to review uh, Motor Crush. This uh, has 
creator create creators uh Brendan Fletcher, Cameron Stewart, Babs Tar. Um wait, the Batgirl team? That is the Batgirl team. Uh so this book follows uh what's her face? What's her Domino name? Domino Swift. Domino Swift, who is a motorcycle racer in the future in the future in the future because uh, you know, everything's very social media like tap here to find out more like look mm-hmm. at this here's yeah. some facts uh which was all nice but this is a motorcycle racer who's up for the big race but is has been taking this drug that allows them to reflexes to happen better to be better racers um which is yes. something if you are caught using it you are in trouble, but she... Not just in trouble. You go on dead. Uh, it, seems, it seems like she has been using it. She inhales it as a... Yeah. In a... Uh, like, a breathurator. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you're taking asthma, like asthma medicine. Um, who also has had a nightlife driving the uh, dangerous race circuit to get... Like Batman and Robin. More... <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, basically, yeah, I forgot about that. Yes, <laughs> it's Batman yeah, and it's Robin, like, the motor like racing scene. Race slash fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's like a Road Rash, because they yeah. all have weapons. And, she has a cricket bat. Uh, she's so got she's a cricket no, bat with a bunch of nails, nails in it, too. Uh, and she's racing a bunch of, bunch of dangerous hombres and dudes and girls. Uh, and then she... No, oh, I thought my... My puppy was coming in to, yeah. to say hi. Uh, and then she gets her batch of this drug stolen, and then she tries to steal it back. Or steal some more. Mayhem ensues. She gets caught mid camper. Uh, this was a fun book. So uh, now she's in the race of her life. Wanting to review this book book right now after talking about love is love i have like nothing for it like sure. i i did really enjoy this uh i read this last night before i went to bed um it was a fun it was a fun read mm-hmm. i like took me a little bit to get into it, though I, I, uh, it took me and it, it, it was took, nothing against like the book itself like it's a gorgeous book like babstar artwork is phenomenal in this but i'm i'm not a race fan or race kind of person like i don't care about motorcycle races or nascar or like any of that kind of stuff so it's like you finish a half marathon you have the medal (laughs) i haven't received it yet Um, but with like her like sitting around with like her family slash pit crew i'm like okay like i'm reading this and then like my attention started to wane and then it wasn't until she's like in that like nighttime underground racing stuff where i'm like oh okay this is this is kind of cool like She's not the best racer during the day. But she's the best racer at but, night. Yo, know, as soon as the sun goes down, like she's just like all over the place kicking ass. And mm-hmm. I, I I that's what brought me in. Like at that point I was like, okay, like this this book's awesome. That that's exactly where it brought me in too. And it was also in the panel breakdown for those races, like boom, 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 buzzing here. Like the you know, yeah. you felt that movement of the motorcycles and the race in the way they broke down those panels. It was really well done. Even in the chase and, towards the end, it had that same kind of feeling. Uh, which, a lot of the artwork in it, too. I mean, we love Mapstar um, on Batgirl, but to see... oh, like It reminded me a lot of the anime Akira, 
just kind of okay. like the trails from the uh, from the like lights. the taillights on the mm-hmm. motorcycles. Like I I like that little hand drawn effect. Like it, it brings like a nice kinetic energy to like a stationary medium. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean it, it feels like it's got the way it's drawn. It feels like it has movement, and it's I mean it's really well done by Babs Tar doing this. And I'm glad to say, like, you have uh, a book like this that I did I did really enjoy when we had those moments and we're like, hey, DC, where's where did Babs Tar go? Oh, she went right here. Yeah. yeah. I like that she's uh, racing a girl named Swift. There's <laughs> <laughs> a big rival. Uh, 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 no, I, I really dug this book. Um and and that's the thing about indie books is they have that time to kind of play where they set up one thing, and then as soon as my interest starts to wane, like it it flips and it catches yeah. me like this um, reborn, yeah, like the Mark the pivots, Miller, yeah. like yeah, like that, like once these kind of books catch me, they've they've got me. Yeah, uh, th- uh, th- this is one by the end of it and how it ends. Uh, I definitely was like, okay, I could read, I'd read issue well, two. Yeah, but the thing with this drug, though, is I didn't understand. Does she just take it because she needs to be a better racer, or is she an, an actual addict? I think she's well, an addict. No, like, that's part of the hook of it too, because the drug itself, and which is called Crush, mm-hmm. because it itself is a drug for machines. If you give it to a person, like they die, they explode. Hmm. But she herself is like hooked on it almost. Unless she was saying With, like you could hear so and so he was rattling, <laughs> and you oh. make you you at first you think it's the bike that mm-hmm. she's talking about. Of course, you'd explode. You know he was rattling on on his bike, but it was the guy himself from being on this drug where she. She's been inhaling it in an inhaler, and then at the end, like you have this moment where no, she just drinking. she can't she just downs it. She drinks it because she's hooked. Yeah. And it wasn't till that moment that you realized exactly what that drug had to do with it. Because I thought, oh, she's just puffing on it to enhance herself while she's racing, so she mm-hmm. just needs it to race. Where it seems like it's a all the time now thing mm-hmm. for her. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it. It is interesting. Uh, I would read number two if Chris didn't pick up number two. I'd probably wait till the trades on sale to get it again. Um, but if Chris were to continue to buy this, I would continue to read it. Oh, books that I think you guys are going to continue to read. Uh, I think you guys probably liked Hawkeye number one better than Hulk hey, number one. Yeah. So let's go to Hawkeye number one. Uh, Written by, oh, I should have had this up, but I still have Hulk number two up. Uh, Hawkeye number, well, it's Rick. I got it, I got it. It's. Do you want to talk about Hulk first, or do you want to talk about Hawkeye? Hawkeye. I mean, okay. Kelly Thompson. Yes. Leonardo Romero. I. And Judy Bellinier are on this book. Yes. Does that help you, Paul? Yes, yes. uh, Written by Kelly Thompson. And you said everything, so we're good. And this is uh, Hawk Girl, Hawk Guy, but you know, not the Hawk Guy. Uh, it's Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop being out uh, because she's been following a uh, a mark out to Laguna Beach, California, 
where she's setting herself up as a private investigator, but without getting a private investigator license. Which she's always kind of counted herself as a private investigator, just never had the license for it. Right. So, and her running into somebody that's uh, been getting internet harassed. You know, uh, social social internet harassed. Uh, she used to write, this girl used to write a blog, and now she's afraid to go online. She's actually afraid to go outside because she feels like somebody's about to, like, escalate uh, the, the harassment. And Kate Bishop takes the case. Uh, and it's kind of yeah. a fun, like, it, it reminds me of, uh, it, of Veronica Mars. Uh, it yeah. fits in the Matt Fraction run mm-hmm. with these characters. Uh Reading this, I just went, man. This, this is this is going back home. This writer gets it; she's writing it perfectly. The artist artist is working perfectly in sync. It fits with the Matt Fraction run. Mm-hmm. This is the perfect continuation of where Kate Bishop was left in Matt she, Fraction's Hawkeye. Like, because she's not good as a private investigator. No, and she's. She's making it up as she goes along. She's too. She's overly confident. Yeah. Um, even though she needs a little more time around the block to be that confident, everything about this book works. Mm-hmm. I liked everything. I liked how um, she had her Hawkeye kind of vision where she would like, like, like target on things. Target on things where it'd be like, oh, oh gun, also uh, president mask, uh, car with a misplaced li- license plate, taco truck. I'm hun- you know, like this hungry. delicious sandwich. Yep. Guys, ribs. You know, like uh, guys, abs. Yeah, yeah guys, guys, guys don't, ribs. They don't like ribs. Uh, I know. I, I often show my ribs. I I, th- I think I said that because I watched you eat ribs today, Paul. Yeah. Uh, Play them xylophones. <laughs> no, so weird looking. Don't show me that. Uh, Listeners, that's a whole different type of Patreon <laughs> level to see Paul's nipple. You don't want to see it. You don't. It's awful. You pay money to not see it. <laughs> uh, this this book, I, I really liked it. I would read number two. Um, this is probably... I have number two. I know. I can't read it. I know you do. Uh, probably out of the... I mean, I'm setting Love is Love aside. That is an anthology book. Um, it's, it is what it is. It is moving kind of a book. Out of the comic book, comic books that are continuations... Mm-hmm. Um, this is probably my number two favorite. Wow. Out of uh, this, I, out I of really this enjoyed the one. I like Kate Bishop as a character. I think she was handled really well in this book. Um, the dialogue's there. I like her sassiness, mm-hmm. even in the... Um, well, the bank robbery scene when she's like, hey, I'm here to make a, a deposit. Do you guys <laughs> accept sass? <laughs> exactly. Like, it's fun. The, like The monologue stuff, like, the interior monologue, I mean, that she talks like a real person, I guess, does. I know I could have read too many comic books to feel this way. Everything about this book works. And then uh, I'm going to flip this because I accidentally read number two first. Oh, okay. And then when I got to the end of it, I realized, like, oh, wait, this is the second one. And then I had to go back and read number one. Um, they they both stand really well as like great like jump in so like hey here's this superhero comic book character working as a private investigator in California she's terrible at her job and go 
Well, the superhero you're working as a PI is basically a Marvel trope at this point. Yeah. Well, even on the very first page of this book, um, on the credits page, like her... um, like dossier or whatever you want to call it has been signed out previously by like Jessica Jones, mm-hmm. Clint Barton, and America Chavez. Uh, but why? Why not Jamie Madrox? He was a private investigator. He, isn't he dead? He, yeah, but so's the Hulk. Paul, why are well, you no, counting she, she band-aids? I'm just looking through them, looking at the designs, <laughs> trying to see the designs. You're a bizarre man. I am. Well, they were there. What, we're reviewing comic I'm books. listening. I need to fiddle with things. When I drink, I start fiddling. Why don't you fiddle with your uh, other book that you picked up this month? Yes, I will. Chris cuts his hands on the darn bottle caps, and we don't say yet. Well, we do say <laughs> no, we totally yeah, do. We totally say he just cut himself. That's true. I was doing something safe. <laughs> Looking at band-aids. He pulls, he's got a thing of Star Wars band-aids. He pulls them out and he's like sorting them on his desk in front of him. Like, oh, this is the one I would wear. This one I probably wouldn't. Uh, but the next book, talking about people that need a band-aid, uh, Hulk. And this is Jennifer Walters, uh, formerly known as She-Hulk. Now that Bruce Banner is gone, she apparently is the Hulk. But she does not want Killed to be... Killed by Hawkeye. But the other Hawkeye. Oh, yeah. Uh, and this is uh, this is Jennifer Walters going back to work after getting out of a coma for months and months, uh, and not wanting to turn back into Hulk because every time she starts, she feels like she's dying all over again. She doesn't want to let that rage out. She doesn't want to let that anger out. And this is a departure from what we were getting in her previous series, where she was always She-Hulk, and that was a departure from. The previous series where Jennifer Walters never wanted to be the Hulk, so it's kind of. Uh, so, this was probably this was my favorite book. Wow, of, really? uh, I- of these, because it starts off. If you think about who Jennifer Walters is, mm-hmm. she's someone who loves to be She-Hulk, and you don't. Well, na- yeah, in the yeah, past. In the yeah, past. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah, past. Yeah. Yes, in the past. If you know anything about Jennifer Walters. You know that she loves being She-Hulk. Well, in this... If you know Mm -hmm. anything about Jennifer Walters, she loves being She-Hulk, period. This book turns it on its ear. It turns it to where she is Bruce Banner, the guy who Mm -hmm. does not want to become the Hulk. And she doesn't want to be it because it hurts, and it makes her relive the worst kind of moments of her life. And being the She-Hulk turning into it is absolutely painful, where before she loved being the Hulk. And this book plays it as she's not the Hulk because she's going to work. She's starting a new law firm. You know in previous versions of this, most of the time, the people want Jennifer Walters, not the She-Hulk, to be the lawyer. So she is coming in as that. And you don't get it till the end when she says, the reason I had this cooking, you know, they, they're giving the, you these bubbles to read about the cooking show is because it's supposed to soothe her. It's right. supposed to keep her from turning into the Hulk. And I thought, it, it, when I started reading this, I go, well, if they're going to call this the Hulk, the Hulk has to be the alter ego that she doesn't want. Like, she has to become that Bruce Banner type character. 
and they do that with her. And I thought they did it in a way that I said it had to happen, and I was like, well, this is playing like her previous fun lawyer kind of books till you get to the end and you have this moment where you're like, oh, no, it's she's Bruce Banner now. Mm-hmm. I said it had to do that. It fooled me into thinking it wasn't going to be like that. And I was like, okay, well done, book. I would read number two because this isn't the She-Hulk I've gotten in previous books. I didn't really spend a lot of time reading that second volume that you loved, Paul, that just recapped two years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I'd read it in She-Hulk by, what, Dan Slott, like, eight years before before that. Yeah, and the reason I kept on interrupting you, John, was because in my introduction to it, I was just saying how this was a rehash of the flipping on its ear that they did previous, because before that Dan Slott of making her always the Hulk... She was this character where she never wanted to be She-Hulk. So you're saying if you know anything about this character, but in the this last... is a, but if you did know anything about this character before Dan Slott, but this was the character where the you were last, getting. In the last what like, yeah, fifteen Ten, years, yeah, yeah. you know, this has yeah. been the character that we've had. This is the character that's right. been written, and that's what I was. So if you've read anything, yeah, I just introduced it that way and then you're saying well if you know anything about the character and i'm like well yeah but see even before that it more was you introduced just it to me you just introduced the whole book and right right paragraph and i was trying to say it's a little different than than Mm -hmm. what we've gotten in the the, yeah i I mentioned you know she was always the hulk always she hulk and but before that yeah Yeah. wait well you did a good job and I was doing my thing, and I didn't want you to interrupt me. Yeah. But you weren't listening to me. That's all I'm saying. Ugh, you're boring. <laughs> I am boring. No, but Chris, this is a, a very different type of She-Hulk book, because, yeah, this this is the Hulk. This is her trying to go about her daily life, being a lawyer. While with, like, the Hulk stuff that I know John always appreciated, it was, like, Bruce Banner on the run, with the Hulk kind of just, like, bubbling beneath the surface. So... Like, to have her sit down, like, talking to clients, and then, like, get home and, like, almost be torn apart by, like, what she's trying to, like, hold in. Like, it's a little bit stronger and, like, darker than, like, what we'd had from She-Hulk before. Because before it was always like, I'm She-Hulk, oh, I transformed, ripped my skirt, go about my day. But I'm still sexy She-Hulk. I, I I don't know why you're you're miming pulling your hair out that because it's She Hulk before Dan Slot. It's that's what nobody, we're getting. But she wasn't like she hadn't been a thing since like the eighties. She'd appeared since the Fantastic like, Four. Yeah, but the oh, Fantastic Four. Like, you can't just she was hanging out in the Fantastic Four. Give me some dates. When, well, yeah, I guess when that was, was when the early eighties. She the early eighties. Yeah, were you reading those, Paul? When the Fantastic is that, Four is that your She Hulk? <laughs> Is that no, your She-Hulk? That's my first introduction. That's your first introduction. Yeah, is so that your She-Hulk? No, Dan Slott would is be that, more my is She-Hulk. Is that our generation's She-Hulk? No, but my no. first introduction is always going oh, to be right. my. Who gives a fuck about your first introduction? That's how most we're characters about talk about how this their characters. Book affected us and where we're coming from from that character and in this book. All right. All right. Yeah, your timeline's right. Yes. Okay. She was like that before in the '80s when we didn't read it. Okay, is is that okay? That's okay. Are we talking about our versions, the p- things that we yeah. are sure. connected to with this book? 
I guess so. <laughs> but we're discounting everything that came before. That's all I'm saying. I've never read it, so it has no frame of reference to me. Okay. I have seen her in books. I've seen her in when I have a 1987 saying, West Coast Avengers where Iron Man got trapped in the sand. That's the only, like, that's, okay. you know, like, those are my little itty-bitty interactions. Mm-hmm. The only times that I've really loved this character are the Dan Slott stuff, and that's my connection with okay. She-Hulk. Then frame it that way. I Don't, did! Now you are! I thought I did then when I said, like, my, like, boy, I talked about the Dan Slott. It's where you got this character from. You were, no, you said this is how the character is. This is how the character's been. It's how it's how the character's been for the last what fifteen years, twenty years. Yeah, but not always. So yeah, yeah, yeah then frame it as fifteen, twenty years. Don't frame it as always. That's all I'm saying. So yes, he didn't. <laughs> now we are. Now we're reframing it as the last fifteen years as the dance slot area. Now we reframe. Now I'm okay with it. Am I an asshole for trying to point out, no, this character has a longer history? No, you're not, but I mean... Well, you're treating me like I am. No, because you're acting, you're like, I'm pretending like, to pull your hair out, and it's like... Because we just said this, and I was trying to reframe it, and then we reframe it just again as only, this character only has been around for 15 years. It had, no, we're saying that the, the, the character mm-hmm. of her being the comical kind of fun book where right. she's happy and excited to be the She-Hulk, and then she doesn't want to be mm-hmm. uh, Jennifer Walters, that is kind of what we've had for the last thing. That's what I was saying. Mm-hmm. And now we have... The A Jennifer- return to form. Yes. Return to form for those who have been following the character since her creation. Okay. That's so hard. The issue of She-Hulk where she was throwing on lingerie and then gets attacked by Titania. (laughs) (laughs) I like that, but not because of the content. (laughs) The artwork. That is content, Chris. I may have used that book. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always glad Chris is here to Mm. save us. I, I... I'm gonna see what episode or issue that was. I feel like Paul. I, Paul, I feel like you're nit, you're just being a little too nitpicky. Where you had to have like, okay, you had to have one plus one to get two, and we were just talking about two. Right. Okay. Okay. I guess. Yes. And then and you just. That's. I'm. I guess I'm Paul being Paul over here. I guess. <laughs> no. No. I was, you like the book. I like. The I'm book. glad you like the book, Chris. Hey, you like the book? Yeah, I, I like the book. Um, it reminded me a little bit of um, Mark Wade's Daredevil, mm-hmm. just with her being a little bit more lawyerly than we've seen recently. Uh, I don't mean to start Paul down that path again. Was that framed recently? Yes, recently. recently. Yeah, yeah. Just recently. Recently. Um, yeah. Because it's it's her, you know, sitting in an office talking to clients, and all of her clients just tend to be weirdos now. Um, I, I enjoyed this book. It it was more than I thought it was going to be. I didn't read all of whatever the Marvel crossover was. I don't know. We don't talk about that. So we only Civil read War Two. Um, yeah. we, we only read the first issue. 
like, literally, it just says right at the beginning, recent events have left her shaken uh, to the core. During Civil War, she suffered a critical wounds. Uh, blah, 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 blah. In a coma. And then you pick this up. None of that matters. She's just trying to withhold, like, the Hulk inside of her at that point. Right. Well, she's suffering from PSTD. Or PTSD. Yeah, yeah, yeah. she is, PTSD. but, like... Post-traumatic stress disorder. It, it doesn't need to be famous. done that way. Like, she doesn't need to, like, be the victim character to try to withhold that. Well, she's definitely not trying to be a victim, because she's going on in her own life. I don't think anyone tries to be a victim, right? Paul. Okay, that's true. But that that's what it's setting her up as. Like, it's setting her up as, like, oh, she went through shit, and now she's suffering, and here's her struggle. Like... Mm-hmm. She could just try to be strong and be like, no, I'm going to be Jennifer Walters going about my daily business. But it doesn't do that. I think it's an honest look at, you know, somebody suffering through, like, I and think, trying to get through their past and what just happened to them. I think it's a very it, honest And I feel like look. a lot of it is the the death of, you know, Bruce Banner, too. Mm-hmm. That maybe she wasn't there to stop it or she wasn't there to help him because um, it is her cousin, you know, she does have connections to him. I think it's it's some something in those lines. I do agree with you, Chris, that yes, you know, like I think they're just they're maybe pushing a little too much on that. And I feel like but at the same time I feel like it makes some sense. So I think it's a melding of those two things. Um So I definitely see where you're coming from, Chris, because I, I feel maybe a little bit the same. It's a melding of those things, but also, like, they didn't have to, like, quote-unquote, kill her. Because that's all we read of Civil War, too. Right. It was, like, at the beginning, like, where it's like, oh, nope, she's dead. And then it's like, however many months later, it's like, no, she was just comatose. Like, she's okay. But also, are we just remembering that she died? You you could have this be, like, that... Not even, like, reinvention of the character. Like, you could have her just trying to be... Jennifer Walters feeling the Hulk digging at her from like within, like it, it, and the, just, just need to be the just a, a victim. Just the fact that turning into the Hulk now hurts, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, which I think is you know, I think they're I think they felt like they needed to give it more of a reason why it hurts to turn into the Hulk, so that's why they gave that to her. Mm-hmm. Um. But I still, I still enjoyed the book. I still liked it. I thought it did what I'd want, where it made her the Hulk, someone who doesn't want to turn into the Hulk kind of a character. And then it still gave me that lawyer that I've enjoyed from the recent past take of this character. I, I just really enjoyed watching, you know, the, a character with an internal struggle and yes it's turn you know not wanting to turn into the hulk but also dealing with everything that's happened cuz i don't think you're a victim if you're just trying to deal with your own past you, you know if you're working through your own past you're not necessarily victimized by it you're just working through it cuz people have to work through their shit all the time so i just like that i thought a very honest look at that and that's the thing that i took most out of the book Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <And> that's <laughs> it, I comics. I'm, I'm gonna say like I just I didn't see it that way because this, even looking back at like recent stuff, this wasn't something that she's 
like been dealing with like the it's framed right from the beginning it's like oh no like she was comatose like her cousin died like that's where she's at now like before it was like i said it was played off as like oh now i'm she hulk oh well i'm gonna keep doing what i do like it's it's very different now and i feel like they're just using that as as a crutch for the story well, we'll see where it goes from here. Issue 2 is coming out this week, like I said. It's my pick. I'm very excited to do, uh, to see where, where, where they go with it. Uh, because it definitely looks like she's hulking out on the cover. But, you know, that's the cover. So who knows? Who knows? She looks like the Red Hulk. Next week, we got uh, our look at Dayman. One through, <laughs> one through eight. Get ready to read, boys. Yep. So many issues. I'll be ready to read before. <laughs> I gave you to this Not, two months ago to read. You probably start reading it then. Uh, and thank you for listening to our podcast. Uh, arguments and all, raised voices. That's the fun of this show for us. Uh, and also finding some uh, rates and reviews. It's been a while since we've gotten a uh, a rate or a review. We love reading those. We'll read them online. We appreciate them, uh, or we'll read them on the podcast. Uh, find us over on Facebook. Find us over on our website where you can check out the show notes that Chris works very hard on. And uh, do what you do. Do what you do. <laughs>